The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. You're very welcome to the programme. Now, here's the conundrum for you, Luke. High vaccination rate, brilliant high vaccination rate among the uh, the over 18s and indeed lots of the over 12s and a really high infection rate. Why? Yeah, yeah. well, it's complicated. But it's obviously human behaviour is the big part of this. Mixing and mingling and socialising, sadly, it will spread if the population mixes. And vaccinated people do get infected, remember, even though it doesn't progress into severe disease. You can get, you, there'll be a case there, for example. Vaccine waning, there's a bit of evidence for that as well. So it's a mix of things. But it looks like it's mainly to do with people mixing and mingling is the main reason. Um, one of the contributions uh, earlier on uh, News Talk was from uh, Liam Fanning, Professor of Immunology at UCC, and he's suggesting vaccine certs for everywhere you know if you want to go to McDonald's to get a burger vaccine cert and this for the over 12s because even though some of them don't have the vaccine it's available to them It is yeah I, I think it's the German approach is the one to follow because the three G's they call the it G's. a vaccine or evidence of infection or an antigen test any yeah. one should allow you entry you see because they all de-risk and that's non-discriminatory then Absolutely. because yeah, it's yeah. open to everyone to have an antigen test it, it's very simple it's about de-risking that's what this is about you know and if you've any one of those three you're less likely to infect someone else and so you should be let in is the idea really so I believe I think the three G's is a good way to go now very interesting uh, stuff from Trinity College uh, the other day when the vaccine center uh, opened again 500 people queued up yeah. to get a vaccine I, I was there actually a couple of weeks ago they, they had about two weeks ago they opened it briefly and there weren't that many going in they're a bit disappointed you know but now 500 people so it looks like the message might be getting out there that in anybody, other words if you want to go clubbing you well, better have your vaccine cert they turn up if that's the case I guess yeah but I guess the message might be getting through again that please come and get your vaccine and and a big one Pat that I've heard is if, if two and three people in the ICU are unvaccinated that tells you something if you want to avoid ending up in the ICU go and get your vaccine those sorts of things I think might be having an effect which is great. Now, boosters, uh, the evidence, and this is scientific evidence, that they do work. Yeah, this is really good. The FDA, you see, recently approved boosters, uh, mix and match, and in, in, in any combination is allowed. Uh, one is Johnson & Johnson, now the single shot vaccine. They can now get a second shot. And I'm wondering in Ireland if we're going to allow J&J to be given, you might not call it a booster, you call it a second shot maybe. But the FDA have said, yeah, please start giving these. Now, it's the vulnerable people, it's the older people, it's the ones who, I say, are immunosuppressed, whatever it is. But they went to Israel for the data. This is the best fit, by the way. Yeah. Two Israeli scientists turned up and gave the evidence, and, the, and it's fantastic evidence. Over 60s, a massive drop-off in cases after boosting. That's the key thing. Millions of people examined. There was at least an 80% decrease in the over 60s of risk of hospitalisation and severe disease post-boosting. Isn't that great? So, And because so many millions were looked at, the FDA said, yeah, we believe that data, so we're going to approve boosters in America as well. Now, you were pushing the notion of uh, heterologous vaccination way back uh, because it did work. Someone like Angela Merkel very publicly uh, did so. Um, it took us a while to catch on, but it we did. have caught on. But there, there's a whole cohort of people who got AstraZeneca and really do need a booster. Uh, people between the ages of 60 yeah. uh, and 18, down to 18, who got AstraZeneca and they're waning pretty fast. They and are. the healthcare workers as well. 
they should be given boosters. They should. Uh, the waning there is about 25% in protection is, is lessened after six months, by the way. So four or five months out is still pretty good. I guess the six-month time that you begin to see waning at about 25%. And they should be given the RNA vaccines because the, the heterologous approach is much better than giving the same vaccine twice. Now, when I say better, it's 20-30% better. It's not a massive difference. Mm. But even still, the best thing to do is to give the RNA, which they're doing, but they're, they're giving Pfizer and Moderna to those in Ireland to those AstraZeneca. So does that mean that someone who's, you know, given out yards about getting AstraZeneca, do you remember they were saying it was the poor relation, it wasn't the Rolls Royce, it was the, the mini minor kind yeah. of vaccine, that the people who got that and then get Pfizer actually are quids in? They're very much so. It's as good as getting two Pfizers, let's put it that way, Pat, if you know what I mean. So in other words, if you mix AstraZeneca with another one, you're back to the level of protection that Pfizer would have given you anyway. So it's fully justified to use the RNA vaccine there. Now, do you remember all the concern about clotting and, uh, you know, there were people suggesting dirty tricks on the part of the um, the RNA people saying, oh, uh, AstraZeneca, because it's done differently, it's uh, what the vector yeah. uh, technology. Um, but it turned out they all had a bit of clotting, they, but very, very little overall. Very low. Now, the question that the FDA looked at, Pat, is it safe to give a booster, remember? Because their first concern is safety yeah. as ever. You're giving a third shot here, you see. So where's the evidence? And again, the Israelis, five million people were looked at with the booster and there, weren't, there wasn't any increase in adverse events. The number of adverse events was 44 out of 3.4 million had a clot. Very low, you know. So tiny, tiny rare events with the booster shot, basically. And that meant, please boost because it's safe. And that, that was a key consideration for the FDA to give the approval for the booster campaign. Now, if you're going out to dinner and you wanted to go out to dinner with a soccer player, I mean, Callum Robinson would be the man, wouldn't he? Because he's had COVID twice and you've got evidence that COVID is actually pretty good to prevent waning. Yeah, this is a, this is kind of, we knew this would be the case but as a hypothesis, but, but science likes to hypothesise and then get evidence. So now a big study, if you've been infected and then you're vaccinated, right, with AstraZeneca or Pfizer, you get twice the level of, twice the level of antibodies six weeks out and four times 29 weeks out than someone who hadn't been infected before if you know what I mean so, so in other words, if you've been infected it's like you're, it's like a shot of the vaccine if you like yeah. and then you get the two shots and it's, it's like getting a booster in a way but that was a big effect of that, with four, four times as high antibody levels 29 weeks out if you've been prior infected and that was with either AstraZeneca or Pfizer now what the reason this is important is they, might, they may not need boosting you see because they've kind yeah. of had their booster already you see so that means we mightn't have to give the booster to people who have evidence of infection and then have been through a full vaccine course with either AstraZeneca or Pfizer. So it's quite good news in a sense because you so, might spare vaccine supply. So Callum Robinson, he was infected twice. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> but he's young as well, you see. and he, He's bound to be protected, actually, because he's been infected twice and he's bound to have a good response, you see. Now, uh, we want to talk about masks. Um, you and I go way, way back with uh, masks and recommending them and then the CMO was saying, no, people wouldn't wear them properly and they'd, all, all that sort of thing. Uh, what's the latest on mask wearing? Well, it's important, Pat, isn't it? Because people have stopped wearing them in a way, you know, and, and there's a big debate in the UK at the moment because they're not wearing masks at all, hardly, in no, the UK. But Sajid Javid is predicting up to 100,000 cases per day. Yeah, isn't it frightening? Yeah, so they may well reintroduce masks in the UK like we have here. And the evidence was always there. I mean, the evidence was... I, I saw this thing recently. They, they re, restated all the evidence, basically. So the, the best evidence earlier on, Pat, was other coronaviruses. They measured it coming out of people's mouths with the mask on. Big decrease in the 
amount yeah. of coronavirus coming out. That's obvious. And that's an important fact, but it's not as if it's foolproof. If a small amount of virus comes out, that's probably not a bad thing because you infect some, someone else with a low dose and their immune system can handle it. You know what I mean? So in other yeah. words, a little bit coming out in the community isn't the worst case scenario. That you might oh, It shouldn't be like 100%. So in other words, a little bit coming out can be a good thing, kind of, is the way to think of it. In other words, you get a mild infection, which of course generates antibodies yep. and you generate your own protection. It's like a vaccine almost, yeah. actually, in a way. And people forget that fact. But the second one, really important, but a proper study was done uh, where they had 341,000 people, huge number, uh, in Bangladesh, 300 villages. Half were given masks and half weren't, right? And they followed them. Now, they, they didn't say to people, don't wear a mask. They didn't, no, no. they didn't say, do not wear a mask. They allowed them to, if they chose to wear a that, mask. That's right, and they encouraged them. A lot of staff were on the ground encouraging people and so on, and the effects were dramatic. There was a 35% decrease in cases in the over 60s in the villages that wore masks, right? And every other variable is constant there, because the village is quite similar. You know, there could be some other reason for that, but the, the only thing yeah. they can tell is the mask. But there was, was another element uh, in that study, wasn't it, that they observed behaviour that they, because they were wearing masks, they actually stayed away from each well, other a bit. Social distancing improved. Yeah. Now, that had been hypothesised, actually, as well. But if you wear a mask, you're more conscious of the virus and your behaviour might change. It was, no, no, that, that won't happen. It'll, it'll take more risks if it, it wasn't the case. The mask-wearing villages, they noticed more social distancing. So it made, made the people aware, oh, there's something going on, you know, and I will maintain my distance. So a, a double effect for the mask. One is increased social distancing. Secondly, less cases. And the effect was dramatic. Now, there was an, a, a 12% decrease overall across the whole age groups. That's still significant, though. You're, you're getting sure. rid of you know, 12% of cases there, which is a big effect. And the mask is only one extra weapon, but it's, ne- it's never going to be 100%. You know? But that, that, that evidence was so compelling. It was scientific evidence, really, that masks work. Um, some of the texts coming in. I'm home from a very long night in ICU. Uh, three quarters of our patients unvaccinated. Why aren't frontline workers getting there boosters you have it. straight away? All over the world, Pat, the evidence is the people in ICU are unvaccinated. Now, there are some who are vaccinated end up in the ICU. Normally, they've got cancer, they're obese, they have other things wrong with them usually, and, and, and that's why they're getting sick, I suppose. But the vast majority of people in ICUs are now unvaccinated. So, so, so for example, if you've got 20 people in ICU, 15 of them yep, will be unvaccinated. unvaccinated yeah. And when you think that the cohort of unvaccinated people is relatively small... Um, it's a huge percentage. It it means that they're so vulnerable. I, I worked yeah. it out. I think about twelve times more that, that likely. Kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And then very importantly, they're occupying an ICU bed, which someone else could occupy who can't prevent their illness. You see. So yeah. so again, the moral case for vaccination is strong in terms of freeing up ICU beds for other people. Really, uh, is Luke concerned about the seemingly more infectious Russian variant? That's from Pat. Well, there's the the new Delta one. If you come across Delta there's Plus, an, Delta Plus, that's called AY four point two. It's slightly more transmissible eight, nine, ten percent, maybe, but they're still examined. Not, yeah. not a huge difference, you see. So, so there, there do seem to be other variants out there, but they're not quite, you know, they're not that different to Delta so far, as the view. Uh, more and more people asking that same question, the conundrum I put to you at the beginning, why we have so many more COVID cases than other European countries where there is the same or even more mixing and mingling. Um, it's hard, yeah, yeah. I guess there must be more mixing and mingling is one possibility, yeah. but it's a strange one. We still don't really know. The, the UK proximity is a big one. That's got the highest cases in, in Europe now, remember, if not the yeah. world in the UK. So a lot of travel between our two countries. That's, that might be a factor because we're close to the yeah. UK and some other country isn't. You see that uh, I was uh, talking about Portugal the other day where all the primary school kids wear masks. And we know that uh, that age group don't get it very badly. 
but they certainly do get it and can pass it on. And yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's right. That's yeah. a, an issue, and yeah. we know the schools, uh, some of them have had to close. Can you ask Luke O'Neill if restaurants must not only check if you have a COVID pass, but also must they scan it? I was in a restaurant the other night, and a nice waitress just looked at my COVID pass, but I could have been using someone else's pass. In France recently, every waiter scanned my pass onto their phone so they would have a record of my details. So, some scan, I've seen that, but they take an image, don't they? They take a picture of it, and then it comes yeah. up green on their systems. They've scanned it, you know. I guess, it, I guess the question is what the guidelines are going to be in this. They want to make sure that the restaurants are checking vaccine passports, don't they? So maybe scanning is going to be insisted upon. Where does a mid-50s male who got a Johnson & Johnson vaccine mid-May stand in terms of the need for a booster? Well, I'm surprised they haven't said give the booster a second shot, we'll call it, to the J&J people, because we know the one shot is okay, but a second shot really works. In fact, the trial in America, Pat, showed the second shot of J&J, 94% protection after the second shot, so it's really so just it's very to give yeah. a second shot. Exactly. Yeah. So why they have, NIAC should say, let's let's give a second shot to the J&J people, and then maybe a third shot later, that may come. Mm. And I, I'd certainly recommend that. Um, I see the UK have now ordered antiviral medicines. Should we have this in our armoury here we, in we Ireland? We should for definite. That data, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, Pat, has got better and better. It looks like Merck have come across the key tablet you'll take yeah. to kill this virus and the 50% decrease hospitalisation is tremendous. So many countries are buying up a supply now. We, we, the EMA will look after us here, of course, like, like the vaccines. The European Union, I imagine, will have some on order. I hope so. Uh, can you ask, Luke, with 93% of the adult population now vaccinated. I'm not sure it's quite that high, but it's very high. Where is the justification for allowing uncertified people to still book into our hotels, enjoying all the privileges of guests who are vaccinated, the restaurant, the bar, the live music, etc., while putting the staff and other guests at risk, not to mention uh, senior citizens uh, who are enjoying a well-deserved break. This is yeah. one that slipped through the cracks because yeah. you remember they allowed hotels to carry on pretty much as normal on the basis that they knew who you were, they had all your details, they could space out the breakfast and the dinner and so on. And they never change that, even no. as they're insisting on certs for everywhere else. Is this what the tallest calls an anomaly, Pat, I guess? Isn't that another yeah. example of an anomaly, isn't it? It is a bit strange, all right? And again, you would say vaccine, antigen test or evidence of infection would be, should, should, be, should apply there as well. Um, one of the issues that we keep getting on the programme, we get lots of texts saying, I can't get va- vaccinated for medical reasons. And there are people like that. There might be someone with simply a phobia for injections. There may be other people with uh, conditions, allergic conditions conditions or whatever and even if this particular vaccine won't provoke a reaction they may have had a reaction in the past which makes them genuinely nervous about it but that's where the antigen test comes in. That's right, precisely. And it's understandable. If, if you had a first shot and you got a bad reaction, you might go, hang on a minute, you know, and then you go to yeah. your GP and get advice and then you might delay the second. There are people out there who don't, who can't have the second shot at the moment. They can have an antigen test or evidence of infection. Will but do we just haven't as well put that situation in place. And that's uh, the lamentable situation. Because I can, I can do, and I have done many, uh, self-test antigen tests, but that's only me. I'm trying to do it as best I can. Yeah. You'd like the idea that a, a professional in some sort of little booth it would. you'd be able yeah. to go along and get or it done in Germany, by a professional. In Germany, you, you do the test yourself, send someone the result over the internet and they say, yes, you're fine. It gets validated, you see, remotely, yeah. which is a, and it's very quick, apparently. So in Germany, you can have a self-administered test, get it checked, and then you get your cert to say your antigen test is negative, and then that, that you can use that to go into venues. Another one, Irish people pride themselves on being able to go to work with a cold. 
This needs to stop. Lemsip sales are going through the roof. People need to cop on and stay at home if at all sick and get themselves tested. Uh, stop the spreaders. It's what we should be focusing on. Again, the antigen test at home is very useful. Very useful. But that, that actually is the most important thing you can do overall. But all these damn guidelines that we're reading, that is if you've got symptoms, stay home and you won't spread the virus. It's obvious. Especially just now. I mean, it's tough on people. A mild cold. They go, I want to go to work. But in the winter, the fear now for the next two or three months, remember, observe all these things over the winter is really, really important. Yeah. Uh, and the final point is about, you know, the, the, the medical authorities seem to be saying, oh, it won't spread in schools, blah, blah, blah. Measles spread in schools. Yeah. Mumps spread the flu. Exactly. <laughs> the vomiting bug. What's so special about COVID that it's not supposed to spread in schools? That, that's right. And, and, and the mitigation measures are critical. But in the winter, you close the window, right? So that's the concern there. The ventilation won't be as observed. So that's one to watch as well. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Thank you very much for joining us. 